go ahead and cue up a drum roll because the Maybird Cycling Podcast has a new sponsor, and it is... Me. Bet you didn't see that coming. Uh, buckle up. It's time for some shameless self-promotion. Uh, I'm probably saved in your phone right now as Joe Draper, parentheses, bike guy. Uh, you can go ahead and add a second set of parentheses and put insurance guy. I just started with American Family. We do home, auto, life, commercial, all the good stuff there. So I know a lot of you are used to coming to me uh, with bike questions when you want to know what tires you should be running or uh, what kind of chain you need. Uh, moving forward, if you have any questions about uh, your car insurance or home insurance or if you want to look at life insurance, anything like that, I'm your guy for that too. So you can reach me at 801-671-5412. Love to hear from you folks. Uh, now back to the podcast. We're back. It's been what three-ish weeks, almost a month. Yeah, and uh, you know, if if people didn't like that ad they just heard, you oh, know, that's oh, that's oh. just there until we get like a real sponsor. But. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it it is what it is. So maybe that's is that going to be like a good motivator? Like people are just going to be throwing money at us now to hear less of me. I think so. <laughs> kind of a hostage situation. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good to be back. That's pro that's the longest break we've taken by far since we started doing this. Uh, yeah, because kind of like Christmas Eve was on the, a Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah. It, was like, it was like Christmas Eve. We, don't we figured Christmas not Eve. a whole lot of people want to hear us on Christmas Eve. And then we had New Year's. Well, and then, and then um, I think a lot of the time we would have spent preparing for the podcast, we spent getting ready for the opening meeting. Yeah, which did actually take preparation. I know it doesn't look like it, but it did. Um, that opening meeting was amazing, by the way. Um, just to see, it was like, cause we hadn't done an in-person meeting since pre COVID just cause like it was so big. And then obviously COVID happened and everything. Um, I'm really glad. I'm really glad we did that. Yeah. And I kind of want to know what people thought of it. I mean, I worried it might be a bit of an inconvenience for some people. Um, but any, like all the feedback I got where people just thought it was super fun and exciting and imagine the people that thought it was inconvenient and hated it probably didn't tell me. So yeah, if you thought it was horrible and you hate us, be sure to let us know. Um, uh, but, but yeah, no, it was really good to see people in person again. It was fun to see you on stage. It's like a Maybird cycling podcast live. Yeah. You got to see how bored people were in real time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, really, really good to see everyone again. Um, yeah. So um, I guess, well, a couple one announcement would be just uh, we got running group tomorrow so that's going to start up again start coming to running group super fun and um i can't i can't think of any other announcements right like i mean i think i think people would be interested to know um registration still open we're keeping it open for a second yeah so like time frame like when to expect the ball rolling and stuff. yeah so that's something we we, I want to talk about a little bit is just we'll kind of just jump into that as registration. First of all, if if you're planning on signing up and haven't yet, hurry up and do so. Do it right yeah, away. Don't put this off. Yeah. Um, like so, kind of what I'm doing is like for about a week, I'm going to keep you know anyone that was on the team last year that's on our current team snap, I'm going to keep them on for about a week. After about a week. 
if they haven't signed up yet, I'm just going to go through and kind of clean out Team Snap and remove all the names that didn't renew and so forth, you know, so we don't have like 500 people on the team and only half of them are actually do something with it. But, um, but yeah, right now I'm just kind of in the process of going through all the all the applications and sending out Team Snap invites to new writers and um, I'm kind of uh, kind of putting things into groups and and so forth. And, you know, last season, I realized that this season was going to have some challenges because I, I think last season was obviously the Maybird season was cut really, really short because of. You I know, mean, we were like, it was like, oh, cool, it's May and Corner Canyon starting to dry out, you know. Yeah, like it was, I mean, things were about a month and a half later than normal last year. And so I think a lot of people that joined Maybird for the first time last year, I don't think it was really quite the same experience for them as it has been for people in previous years. You know, they, they kind of just felt like it was too short of a season. And unfortunately, we had no control over that. No, some of our coaches did a fantastic job of, you know, of, of being creative in ways to be able to get the kids out and riding, even though there wasn't much terrain to ride on, you know, and like Brady and Amy Larkin and you, Joe, your groups were, did some pretty creative things, but at least you guys got them out riding. And I, I commend you guys for that, but it was super challenging. So I kind of knew that, that this, this season might, there might be some repercussions for this season. No, we, d we have had like a lot of really, really talented riders signing up for this season. So I'm super stoked. Yeah. Like we've retained like Lo lots of, our lots of top riders and a lot of really, really good riders are joining the ranks. So I'm super Ooh. stoked for that. Um, one thing I'm super stoked at is like our girls, like our girl pro, like we have, this is probably just one of the best clubs I know of for girls. Um, so we want more girls. We, and I, and all the credit goes to our girl coaches. Um, obviously Amy Larkin and Arlie Pankey and, and, you know, Dana and, you know, we've just been able to have some, you know, all the credit goes to them for that. So, but, um, but yeah, but, but so far for this season, and, and I was kind of bracing for this a little bit. Um, as far as our, our riders overall, like right now, we're almost almost about 100 riders less overall this year than last year. And this is mostly coming in the beginner's ranks. Yeah, mostly see, more right? in the younger riders, like the Junior Devo riders and kind of the beginner riders, um, kind of the JVDE riders and some of the Junior Devo riders. Some the, of the young guns. So the numbers are super down right there. But the thing is, is we have like lots and lots of youth coaches that want to coach. It's weird because we have, I've been approached by so many, we have like way more coaching potential than ever, but we kind of have this, like this gap in the, in the ranks right now of, of these younger kids. So like, if you know someone, if there are people on your team, just like, you know, and, and like we said, sixth grade, which is what, like 11, 12 ish years old. Right. Yeah. And it, you know, and we're not super strict on that age, you yeah. know, but that's usually a good time to kind of start. Um, but yeah, kids that are going into junior Devo or some of the junior Devo kids, I mean, it makes an amazing difference, like to have these kids start writing earlier with, with coaches that can teach them some proper writing skills. I mean, they enter NICA 
on just a completely different level that quite frankly you can't really get from most Nike teams. So No, and, and like you, you go to those Junior Devo races and you can see there's an obvious difference between the kids who have like a Devo team socks on when they're out race. You know, like like it doesn't have to be us, just whatever team it is that they're on, getting that early it's kinda like preschool. And they say like kids who go to preschool end up going to college more. Kids who start young and are doing the Devo stuff young, like I think, and I don't have data to back this up, but my observation's been that they're faster, they're more skilled, and that they just last longer in the sport too. They're less likely to drop out. So, um, and you know what? The other thing, like, it's 150 bucks for like months of high quality group rides. You know, weather permitting, of course. Yeah. But and this this winter's not looking like last. So. Yeah, and, and one thing is these Devo riders don't really need to buy kits if they don't want. No. It. You know, I mean, yeah, I think you it's want cool to, if you fine, do, but, but no, you don't need a kit. We don't require it. No. So, um, yeah. So if someone just wants some more riding before NICA, just send them our way. I'm going to keep registration open another week. Um, and that's that seems to be our biggest gap is kind of that, mm-hmm. that area. Um, you know, also kind of along those lines, and I, I, I also kind of knew this was coming um, because like a lot of our sponsors, and I've, I've talked about this before, but a lot of our sponsors had kids that were – going on to college and going on missions and not really going to be riding with the team for a while. And, um, and so currently this year we're about, um, we had about 20 sponsors last year and we're down to about 10 right now. And, but some of the people that have stepped forward and sponsored us so far have just been awesome. They've, they've been extremely generous. They've been you know, it's just overwhelming how awesome they've been. So like thank people you. without kids on the team, even. Yeah, and, and and let's face it, a lot of the people that are sponsoring this team also help coach the team. Yeah, which how do you thank these guys enough? You know, and well, I think I think our team too, just where it's at in its life cycle. Like after those first couple seasons, we sort of got this core group of people. And and like the fact is, like people age out. Maybe we got the first sibling six or seven years ago. And now that last sibling is aging out and moving on and stuff. So, like, we're seeing that with a bunch of folks. And, um, you know, I don't think it's fair of us to, like, expect those people to keep sponsoring us if their kids aren't actively engaged in the team anymore. And I think a lot of us are maybe just kind of used to the fact, like, oh, yeah, this team has sponsors. But, like, we don't, we don't, like, Dan and I aren't going and knocking on the doors of, like, a random car wash and asking for sponsors. They come from inside the team. And, and like, let's, like, we say sponsorship. It's really just, like, you generously supporting us. I don't know that this does anything for your business it might it doesn't i don't know but like you know um uh like if 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 you have the ability to if there's room in the budget or whatever like your dollars are going to go farther here and making a difference in your community than they will basically anywhere else so um our years are and you know dan and i were also saying we'll be creative if there's something specific if you want to sponsor the water bottles this year great if you want a specific spot on the kit we'll do whatever we can right like if there's uh, you know what? If someone wanted to be like, um, you know, I don't know, like whatever. If, like, if the, yeah, well, I mean, we're still hoping for a podcast sponsor so you don't have to listen to Joe every week. You, you might know? get both then, but um, uh, yeah, like, yeah. So like our, our ears are open. We'd really love, you know, like um, really love to uh, to hear from some more folks on sponsorship. Yeah. You know, I mean, like one thing I was even thinking is like – I had two feedback rollers. I can't remember. I don't even know where like one is now, but I'd like to bring more to the races. Um, if someone wanted to donate a feedback roller or something, or um, we're, we're needing to buy more water bottles this year. If someone wanted to um, help us with that, we could, 
come up with a design together that, you know, that reflect, reflected your company and Maber well, you know, so yeah, we'll do whatever yeah, you want. So, like, you know, we're, we're amenable right now. You guys hold all the cards. So, um, we could wrap the van. Yeah, sure. We'll do it. Dan and I'll do a little song and dance. We'll like Dan and I will sing a song for your business on the podcast. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, so, we have no shame. But, so, you know, but one, I mean, one thing too is, you know, we've, we've, it's, it's been really important that, you know, we didn't want the, a lot of development programs are really expensive. I mean, I would say most of them are usually at least five or six hundred dollars for the non kit portion of your team fees. A, a lot of them are a thousand, and there's some that are ten. There was one that was like twenty thousand. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we really wanted this to be something that, you know, that families on, on kind of middle incomes could afford to put their kids on, you know. Um, but one of the things that has made that possible too is the fact that it's been a larger team. You know, yeah, there's this was, economy of scale here for sure. Yeah. Like if this was a smaller team, our team fees would have to be higher to be able to do what we do, you know. And so, um, you know, and so we're down in numbers a little bit this this year. That's fine. We're going to be fine. But, you know, if if you had a good year and and things are looking good and, you know, if, if you had a little extra money, you just wanted to toss our way and donate it, we wouldn't send it back, you know. So um, it's... And I know, I know a lot of the, the kids that ride on the team, they come from families that are on fairly tight budgets and, you know, coming up with the, the race fee or with the, the team fee and, the, and buying the kits and so forth is kind of a stretch. And, you know, for others, it's not quite as much of a stretch. So, you know, if, if you can help us out, that'd be awesome. But I'd, I'd, I'd hate for this to be a team that I started that I couldn't afford to be on anymore. You know, like... Um, you know, yeah. So if, if you have any questions, if if you know people, um, send them our way. You know, and again for registration, if you haven't registered yet, get on it. Get it's on time. It. So we're on we're on the Google. You can just Google Maybird Cycling. We're the first thing that comes up. You know, MaybirdCycling.com. Click the registration thing. It'll take five minutes. So go and get her done if you haven't already. Yeah, like I said. So right now I'm just kind of in the process of grouping, making or sending out the new team snap invites. Hopefully I'll have that done within the week. Then the following week, I'll try to get the groups out and get the coaches aligned with the groups. Um, one one thing I did want to mention is like, you know, a, out of probably Maybird's biggest expense is the coaches' kit. And one thing I thought, you know, if we if we're having a tighter budget this year on the coaches' kit this year, it might just be a coach's jersey, which would save us a lot of money and probably help kind of balance things out a little bit. So I just want to throw out. That might happen. And then, um, you know, and for those that applied to be coaches, depending on how many of the junior Devo age riders we, we need, we, not everyone that applied will, will have a position needed probably, I'm, I'm thinking. But. And, I mean, depending on what you want to do, because we could always use more sweeps and stuff. Yeah. Uh, can't promise everyone who applied their own team, you know. Um, but yeah, like, like I think there's always a need for sweeps in different groups. So we've got stuff for you to do. I know that a lot of kids too are like, you know, I don't know how much time I have. Like I had several kids ask me like, I don't know if I can do a team and coach, maybe do one or the other, like come to us with questions. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, and you know what the big thing I like, I just want the next class of awesome beginners starting up, you know, like the kids who are aging out now, I remember when they started, 
you know, and uh, I'd hate to get five years down the line and not have like the cool top class of, of, you know, the A squad that we've got like that, like we have to plant those seeds today. So, um, you know, be creative, reach out, think about it, you know, like uh, if, if you know people, that's the biggest thing for me. I, I want to see a really healthy contingent of young, uh, of young writers. All right. So moving, moving right along. Uh, is there any other any other business we ought to uh, get into? I can't really think of anything I, right I now. I want to throw out, Vanderpool is undefeated this cross season. He's up to ten consecutive uh, cyclocross like World Cup victories, which is unprecedented. It's never happened before, and he's closing in on like two hundred professional victories. And he's not that much older than me. <laughs> yeah, I mean you've you've sent me a few clips to watch him ride, and he is just. He's on another level. He's on another level. Yeah. yeah. Like I did see Van Art's trainer saying that like he is sacrificing the cross season because he wants to crush the classics in a couple months. Um, but just like no one, he's not, it's not even close. And, you know, I think because of it, cross has kind of been maybe a little more boring to watch this year on the men's side. Um, but it's also cool to see that like you'll be able to tell your kids, like a lot of people grew up in the Eddie Merckx era of cycling and they can tell like, well, when I was a kid, you know, like we're kind of in one of those right now, at least in the, in the cross world. So mm-hmm. I do... That is cool. Um, yeah. Also, I want to thank a lot of good feedback on the kit this year. Really quick. I did want to throw that out. Like, people are super excited about kits this year. Um, if you haven't already, a team store is going to be open for what, another week, and then we close it? I'm going to – well, yeah, I think. I might I might open keep it open a little longer because I'm going to keep registration open an extra mm. week. So Don't miss out. Yeah. Bust a move. That skin suit, tight. Literally. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh I think this will be an interesting kind of first episode back though for a deep dive because I think this is going to be a little looser. This is kind of going to be a, a more more of a discussion than a lecture, right? Which is mostly because I've been so busy lately. Yeah, you don't tell them that, oh, Dan. I'm selling it as a plus. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I haven't come in as prepared as I like to be. So no, but I like I like these. I like to see kind of where these go. I think you get some interesting ideas out of out of the kind of discussion stuff. Well, the thing with Joe and I is I need a lot of pre- preparation. He needs like none. So send it, man. So, yeah, I'm, I'm like super nervous and Joe's just like chomping at the bit. No. Um, yeah, I've been super busy. Had, you know, with with the whole getting the Maybird season going on. This is kind of my busy season. In fact, I um, I actually took three days in a row off the bike and off like didn't didn't train at all or exercise at all for three days. And it wasn't even intentional. I just couldn't, you know, and that it's enough to drive me crazy, you know. So it's been it's been super, super busy, but, um, I have been listening to a book. So there's a guy, he's an exercise physiologist. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of him, Steve Magnus. Does that ring a bell? No, I don't think so. Yeah. And I just kind of stumbled across him. I just kind of stumbled across him on Instagram and, you know, a lot of the stuff he was saying on Instagram wasn't garbage, you know, and, um, which is unusual. That's why it jumps out. You're like, Whoa, whoa. this isn't ridiculous. You know, like, a well, that's cause he wasn't wearing a tank top. Usually if they're wearing a tank top, it's he's trying to sell something in his bio or whatever. Yeah. If, if they're wearing a tank 10. top, it's probably garbage, but, okay. um, no, he doesn't wear a tank top. So if they're wearing like a collared polo type shirt, it's usually probably yeah. pretty good. And, yeah. And, and that's usually want, how you can tell. They want you to buy like capsules full of like powdered monkey fingernails or whatever to boost your <laughs> testosterone. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. And so, but, um, but he actually has a book out there called peak performances 
and he co-wrote it with co-wrote it with somebody else. I can't remember who else he co-wrote it with. So sorry to Mr. Co-author, but um, it was a. And I, I listened to the book as I was driving around and so forth, and that basically constitutes most of my preparation for this. But it was a really interesting book, and um, the thing that kind of surprised me it was more like a book that was for like business type people. Oh, really? Written by an exercise physiologist. So he used a lot of exercise physiology in the book, but it was geared more towards like people in the workplace and so forth and kind of explaining how exercise physiology principles would benefit you there and how a lot of it. And it was so it was kind of so like the exercise physiology and it was pretty basic and pretty simple. But um, I found it to be like a really good overview of just a lot of the things we've kind of talked about in our podcast and um, he touched on a lot of things that I thought were interesting and kind of reminded me of things that I'd learned in the past that I sort of forgot about and um, really good book. I, I did like it um, a lot. And the interesting thing about the author is, so when he was in high school, he was a very dedicated runner and kind of to the exclusion of all else. And Sound he, familiar, anyone? Yeah, that's what I'm getting to. Like, okay, sorry. He, <laughs> Try to undercut your point there, Dan. <laughs> and he ended up going to like the national, in, I can't remember exactly, but it seemed like it was the national championship. And he had a pretty dismal performance. He didn't quite reach his goal. And he was like, he still did really, really well, but he didn't perceive it that way. And he um that was his best race ever but he never equaled it you know basically he kind of burnt himself out and pretty much was kind of done with with competitive running for a period of time after that so um but through that he became an exercise physiologist and kind of kind of learned how to prevent that situation and so forth. And a lot of his experience kind of reminded me a little bit of like how Mayberg was. I was, was just a, listening to that. I'm like, wow, I didn't know someone wrote a book about me, except I was a runner. That's <laughs> what an amazing coincidence. Yeah. There, a lot. Yeah. So I related really well to kind of what he was saying and, you know, and so, and, and basically kind of what saved him from, from the burnout and from the overtraining and from, from all that was was he transitioned more from athlete to coach and that basically just kind of saved him mentally and so forth you know so um and he talks about that a lot in the the book basically kind of the power of like helping other people out and um which is something i've always thought was important but never really found it written anywhere that like you know by helping other people out, it's, it's one of the best antidotes for, for like burnout and mental exhaustion and stuff. And he talks a lot about that in the book, which I thought was interesting. But um, the part of his book I wanted to kind of focus on is just talking about stress. Right? Yeah, stress, I think, I don't know, how, how big is stress in our world right now, Joe? I mean, Well, it's interesting. I mean, like... I think it's one of those things that people talk about a lot. And I think it's obvious that like as time goes on, people are more and more stressed. And I think they're getting more and more stressed younger and younger. 
Um, you know, I, I think for a lot of people, the story of their life is that by the time they have any sort of like consciousness, <laughs> um, maybe after elementary school, getting into middle school, getting into high school, it's academic pressure. And like, so I went to Skyline, which is pr probably the most academic public school in Utah. Um, just incredible amounts of academic pressure. Everyone's stressed. I remember a girl threw up all over her ACT book the day I took the ACT because she was so stressed, right? Um, kids having nervous breakdowns. Like the rates of mental illness in young people are, are higher and higher and higher. And I think the biggest thing people attribute that to is stress, right? And then a lot of us transition into careers. And I can tell you, um, you know, I graduated. I started, well, I started working right out of high school in tandem with my schooling. Graduated in uh, last year. 22? Was it 22 or 23? It was 22. It was last, it was two years ago. Um, and then just like trying to get your foot in and find a good career is really hard. You know, there's like, and, and then you, you become, uh, you know, like financial stress becomes a part of your reality that like I have student loans and I need to pay rent. And then on top of that, I, I want to be able to save something and have a 401k and all that. And uh, everything's more expensive than it used to be. And so because of, you, you know, because of all that, you want to achieve higher in your career and you need to be able to make more money. And, you know, I think that like for a lot of young people, the kind of middle class standard of living that we sort of expected if you do just kind of average in life is suddenly like a premium thing. And then, and then, you know, for like uh, other people, you know, you start a family, that's an enormous amount of stress, you know? And so I think on top of all of this, when you tell people that you're involved in something like cycling, they're like, why would you, why would you add that ball to juggle? You know, or like, or like for me, for a long time, I didn't want to race because I was like, I am so stressed already. I don't want to add, I don't want to voluntarily choose another thing that will stress me out. But then I think it's interesting to examine people who don't have stress in their lives. Or like, like, you always watch the movie about like crazy rich people who are actually miserable. And that's like a trope in media. Because I think like a stress-free life is, is kind of a purposeless one. You know, and so I've, I think I think this is a sort of interesting thing because I think cycling is, is one of maybe the few examples of positive stress that people get to have in their lives. And it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be cycling, but because, you know, I think cycling is the best. That's the one I'd identify. Yeah. So, I mean, stress is bad, right? Usually when we when we talk about stress, we're talking about stress in a bad way, because I think that the overabundance of unproductive stress is a much more pronounced thing in the world right now than the absence of stress. Okay. That's yeah. And you know, when I was kind of doing a little prep I did for this, it reminded me a lot of, remember our kind of our inflammation podcast we did not too long ago where well, I was saying it cause you asked me like, is inflammation good or bad? And I was like, it's bad, right? We only ever talk about inflammation as being bad. You know, it's like, Oh, you're inflamed. Great. You know, like <laughs> never hear people say like i'm so glad to hear you're stressed good for you you know yeah and, and i think like most of the time when you hear the word stress it's like a there's always a bad association you never like someone comes in grinning like they're stressed today so they're like smiling and happy you know oh, like, you look stressed today wow you know yeah like, wow you're looking stressed someone woke up on the right side of the bed you're looking all stressed you know <laughs> yeah so i mean it definitely has a bad kind of a bad rap but it's it really depends whether it's good or bad. And that's kind of what we'll talk about. So there are different types of stress that we probably should first talk about real quick. There's acute stress, there's chronic stress, and there's traumatic stress. Okay. Okay. So what do you think acute stress would be? Someone's yelling at me right now. Um, I, I, uh, so you're walking down the street. You almost get hit by a car. Sure. 
um, you know, like uh, uh, you find out your partner's mad at you. Like, okay. you know, that flutter in your heart yeah. you get when you can you tell in their voice or whatever. So like an immediately like that's like a right now is stressful. Or maybe would, would this be like I have a, a meeting on my Outlook calendar with HR tomorrow that no one told me about? Like, you know, like that would you categorize that yeah, as like, a cute, like there's something in your yeah. immediate future that's happening to you right now that's making your heart race? Absolutely. Okay. So okay. what would chronic stress be? Really quick. That's never happened to me. The HR thing. I just, I've just seen memes about it. I want to clarify. I'm not that guy. Okay. Um, chronic stress. And this I is, will say every time that the HR guy comes to my building, you I'm see his like, car out front. I see his car. Oh. I'm like, Oh, today's my oh, day. No. Shoot. Mm. Um, chronic stress. I think this is like living paycheck to paycheck is probably the big, biggest example of chronic stress. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think financial stress is a big one. I think like, living with or having a family member that's dealing with uh, chronic disease mm-hmm. or dealing with that yourself, you know, as a chronic stressor. Common um, one is, is just chronic stress from work, like a job that you just, yeah. Hate and... Yeah. I think, and I, I don't know, like I, I think very few people these days work jobs that they like absolutely love. I think like the best, most people can hope for is just a job that's okay. That doesn't stress you out a ton. Cause like I've, I've done jobs where it's like it, the stress over the job rules your life mm-hmm. and that sucks. And then traumatic stress. Uh, hopefully, none of us ever have to deal with that. But that would be like death of a loved one or, or post-traumatic stress disorder, like like veterans, um, you know, debt, like death of a loved one, abuse situations. I'd imagine would fall under that. Mm-hmm. And those are like, I think, the, like there's some kinds of stress that, like, you know, because I'm I'm hoping what we're doing, and I don't know because we don't compare notes. I'm hoping what we're doing is just like tips to like there are some kinds of stress that you need like professional help. Uh, to deal with. Well, you know, and this, these types of stress aren't what we're really talking about. Um, I'm actually trying to like one thing this book did is it made me realize that I think we give stress a too bad of a name. You know, stress is, is like, just like inflammation, stress is something that's necessary. Mm-hmm. And we're going to kind of talk about that a little bit, but um, I mean, you, you've heard a lot about like cortisol, right? Yeah. Okay. It's a cor- stress hormone. Yeah. Right? Cortisol is bad, right? If you, if you're on Instagram or TikTok, cortisol is probably like the worst thing in your body and we need to get rid of all of it or something. I mean, it's just, but, um, but yeah, that's not the case. And, um, so, so we have hormones and one thing that hormones do, or probably the main thing they do is they basically send messages throughout our body. Right. Um, Cortisol is the messenger that kind of activates our, our stress response. And, but it also like regulates our metabolism and, and cortisol can act is actually the thing that will help suppress inflammation. Um, the, you know, but the, the thing about cortisol, it's absolutely necessary and it's good, but within a certain range. And there's actually like a ratio that um, medical professionals can look at that's like a ratio of our DHEA, which is a hormone that kind of helps create like testosterone and estrogen to, um, to our cortisol. And as long as that ratio is in a certain range, then we can operate normally in, health, in, in a healthy way. But if it ever gets out of whack, then there's problems. You know, like if there's, if there's too much cortisol, it stops suppressing inflammation and, and is associated with, uh, like it basically stops functioning properly if there's too much of it. And 
has kind of some uh, kind of reverses some of the effects it tries to normally control. And but if there's too little of it, there's also like you know people become really really weak and frail and you know so so much of our body has to operate in a very delicate balance you know and a lot of times people think we always just tend to go to extremes you know like if something's good a lot of it's better or if something's bad none of it's okay you know but really it's really all about finding balances and keeping those balances healthy and where they're supposed to be and um, oh, I think it's interesting that you say that too, because like anything that your body does normal, any of the normal functions of, of your body, like like the, at the end of the day, it's to keep you alive, right? That like your body has evolved to stay alive and to reproduce, right? Those are your main, those are your two main, you know, keep keep your genes moving on. And I think that like like the reason we have stress is because like you know for the first million years of of human. Uh, evolution, you know, like you needed to be stressed because if you let your guard down, a lion's going to eat you. Or, you know, if you're not stressed about finding food, you're not going to find food and you're going to starve, right? But then I think we have this kind of wild whiplash where in the last five to 10,000 years, we all live in cities and stuff. And then in the last hundred years, we have these like highly interconnected lives where we're all part of the same system. And like, if things get out of whack, you know, like, like, like we're just talking about living paycheck to paycheck, right? Where all of a sudden that stress response that was has really been evolved over eons to keep you alive is eating you alive or like we have this insane problem now where like people's people's uh people get fat you know that like over being overweight is like such a bizarre problem because for 99.9 percent of human history um you know like that's your body's goal like oh we've got excess calories great we'll store these because we don't always have excess calories right so you have all these interesting functions that kind of evolved to keep you alive that are killing people now where people have uh, too many excess calories they're storing in their body and it like chokes off their heart and they die you know or you have people who have the stress response that's supposed to keep them alive that you know like gives them significant uh, mental health problems you know that like I, I don't know I, I, I'm happy to share that like I've been on and off uh, anti-anxiety medications since I was a teenager and I know like I feel comfortable saying the majority of my friends have too so it's really interesting that like these functions are there and we're kind of in this new spot where we have to learn how to manage them because they aren't going away. You know, like we're not going to evolve out of these for another million years. So we have to figure out, you know, how to kind of dance with them a little bit, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what I'm, I guess, I guess the point I'm trying to get at here with this stress response is it's like necessary and it's good as long as it's, as long as things are kept in balance, you know? Right. Um, because basically the so so cortisol is kind of what what'll signal the stress response and stress what stress signals is growth which which is a super i mean a super important that's like the underlying principle of everything you talk about in training it really is yeah it really is because like i've always said that the um that the formula for training is is stress plus rest equals adaptations Right. In his book, I kind of like how he phrases it a little better. Um, his, his formula, it's very similar. He says stress plus rest equals growth. Um, because sometimes like hearing adaptations that doesn't, might, might not mean things to most people, you know. But, but yeah, stress plus rest equals growth. And let's talk about that for a second. Like what kind of stress plus rest 
equals growth. It has to be stress that's, that's barely manageable. That's manageable, but barely manageable because basically what that, what that says to your body is you're, you're, you're dealing with something that seems to be slightly beyond what you can comfortably manage. And these hormones send messages out that we can't handle this. We need to make it so we can. So when you're resting, when you're in a state of rest, your body will, will take that information and kind of gather up all the hardware and gather up what it needs to make it so you're stronger. So next time you face that same challenge, you're able to, to handle it. So trying so, to keep you alive, basically, right? Yeah. So stress, stress is what signals growth. But the thing is, is without rest, stress is useless. Stress is only bad without rest. Like if you're only ever in a state of stress, if you're, if your cortisol's always high, if you're always in that state, you don't actually grow from it. So this, this stress equation really is kind of like a math equation almost. And there's several different ways you can look at it. And I really wish I had like a whiteboard or something because that would make this so much more fun. But um, for that equation to work, the stress has to be sufficient because if you have like insufficient stress, which I'm not even sure what that really means, you know, um, if ins insufficient stress plus anything plus rest or more insufficient stress doesn't equal growth. And usually what that will equal is either stagnation or becoming weaker. Like if the stress isn't sufficient, it won't make you stronger. And I think this is interesting in physiology too, because like your body has limited resources and your brain's constantly trying to manage those resources and having a really strong heart and big, strong muscles, they're energy intensive, right? So if you stop training, that's where like detraining, that's the principle behind detraining is your body's like, basically, why am I paying for all this nice equipment I'm not using? You know, I have to, I, I need to, you know, um, uh, you know, like, like direct the resources better. So that's yeah. kind of like the behind physical detraining. Like we've well, talked about before when people stop writing. The, the interesting thing about what we're talking about too is, is we're talking about physical training and just life. And we're talking about, it just everything. applies yeah. to everything really. Cause um, you see too, like, I think there's a lot of, there's a, a lot of people talk about like maybe a lot of kids these days don't have a whole lot of, you know, like some people I think are really stressed. And then I think you see examples of other people where they're like, you know, and, and like, this is why I think having some amount of ambition is good for you. You know that like, if you don't really care, if you don't really try at school, you don't really have any like financial pressure to like try in your career. I think a lot of people like don't take a swing at relationships and stuff because all those things are hard. Right. And every time you're in the moment, it's always easier to take the easier path. Just don't worry about it. We'll just stay home. We'll just stay home. We'll just do this and this. And I think like, um, being in a relationship be or being married like is is challenging sometimes and you kind of have to you know like it's it's not it's definitely not the easiest path but there's a fulfillment that you get from it that you'd really miss and that makes it worthwhile mm -hmm. so it is kind of interesting this is an interesting i need to read this book because it is interesting how a lot of these like really basic biological functions sort of play out in your social life or in your professional life yeah i mean basically if you go throughout your life avoiding stress at all times, you know, mm -hmm. like if you're Jimmy Buffett the whole time, yeah, you're going to get weak and you're not going to grow. 
But on the other hand, if if you're under excessive stress or too much stress, it'll kill you. You don't grow. That'll yeah. make you weaker as well. Like yeah. the amount of stress that you put yourself under has to be just right. Just barely above what you currently are capable of. Mm-hmm. And if it's if it's like twice what you're currently capable of, it's not going to you're not going to grow from it. It's just going to weaken you and it's going to be damaging and detrimental. So I think it's ideal if it's like voluntary stress too where you're like I'm going to go and learn how to ride mountain bikes and race mountain bikes or like I'm going to start an organization to do this or this or I'm going to go and get into do, like learn how to do public speaking even though it scares me. But then like involuntary stress like you know like dealing with significant debt or like you know like a really really hard job that you hate but you have to do you know well and that was kind of my next thing is is like um stress plus more stress doesn't equal growth or Mm -hmm. adaptation if if you have like if you already have like barely manageable stress on one thing and you add more stress on top of it because really like like stress is stress really, you know, like you've got your training stress, you've got your, your career stress, your school stress, your family stress, your relationship stress. Like if you keep adding stress to stress, to stress, to stress, it, it ultimately gets to a point where you're not getting stronger. You know, that has to be managed somehow. And, um, and, and, and by manage, we'll talk about them, that in a second. But um, but life stress plus training stress sometimes can be too much, and mm-hmm. and that might need to be reframed or or thought of differently. But but really, the key the key to growing from stress is one, making sure it's it's manageable, but sometimes barely. And and then two you have to have enough rest to balance the stress. Yeah. You know, and if you're not getting enough rest, the stress isn't going to be your friend. It isn't going to help you be stronger. So, well, a friend of mine pointed out to me one time, and I thought it was really interesting that a lot of people say, I don't have time. And that in a lot of, in some cases it is true that you just like, like there's just nothing, there's no room in your schedule for like, we'll say ride bikes, right? But I think a lot of people, like they say they don't have time and what they really mean is they don't have energy, that their job is so demanding that when they get home, they might have an hour or two where they could hypothetically hop on the bike and go check out some intervals. But like, I think there's only so much energy that you have too. And I I think that like, um, there are definitely some personality types I'd want to say that can do stuff like this. But like, I think statistically, most people couldn't handle being a professional athlete and going to med school or starting a law firm and being, uh, you know, uh, like, uh, we'll just keep saying the profession, like you couldn't probably start a law firm at the same time as you're running a World Cup campaign. There are people who can do it, right? There's the Kate Courtney's who go to Stanford while they're being a professional athlete, right? I think there's some personality types that can do it. But I think you also have to realize that, like, if you're going to start a family and have a fledgling career and stuff, there might just be times in your life where, like, more stress isn't it, you know? And I think it depends on your personality type. And there's some people who obviously, like, thrive on it. You know, I saw a news article the other day about a guy who had been a Navy SEAL and then became a doctor, got through Harvard Med, and then is training to be an astronaut, right? Like on the on the crazy end of the bell curve, there's always going to be people who can handle an enormous amount of stress in all directions. But I think most of us, you might have to kind of pick and choose and say, you know what, like, 
you know, if you really love riding your bike, your career choices might have to reflect that because there's a lot of careers that just won't allow the time or the energy to have voluntary stress in your life too. You know, so like, I think you kind of have to, maybe some of you, um, or most of us just kind of have to make choices from time to time. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that's, that's one thing I probably kind of, kind of leading to the next thing is, um, is reframing our stress because, because I, I think sometimes we need to realize that like stress isn't always bad. Stress can be good. And sometimes like stress can stress you out. Yeah. You know, it's like exponential. You yeah. Know. And if you can kind of avoid that circumstance where stress is stressing you out, you're going to be a whole lot better off. And, and the thing with our, with our training is our training is, uh, so it's stress that like, you know, we push our body slightly beyond what we're comfortable with and what we, we're capable of. And we kind of do it repeatedly. And eventually, you know, if we do it right and we're combining it with, with rest, we're going to get stronger. Um, but, but that shouldn't be looked at as like something you have to do. Yeah. That's something that we choose to do and we get to do, you know, it's not something that's like being forced on us. Mm -hmm. And I think if you can kind of reframe it and it's still going to be like stress in the, in the good type of stress that signals you to get stronger and signals an adaptation but it's not the type of stress that should stress you out, which mm -hmm. makes you more stressed about being stressed. It should be, it's kind of like, you know, in a, in a way that stress can almost be a rest from another stress as long as you can kind of keep it in the right frame of mind. Which is why I don't think you can force your kid to do this. I think you can strongly encourage them and maybe give them a, a season to kind of get their legs under. But like you can't, what is it? You can't lead a horse to water. Is that or you can lead a horse. You can lead a horse to water, whatever. Right, exactly. Yeah, like like you can't force someone to do something. Or if, if you can, you can't. It's not going to be good for them. You know that like if you drag your kid kicking and screaming to to bike practice or to school or to church or anything else in their life, they're not. You know, like at some point you have you have to choose the stress, right? And until you do, like when I started choosing the stress, and it was like, oh, this is my thing. I'm going to go out and ride my bike because I like it and I feel the good positive effects, it, it became an obsession, maybe to a detriment, right? But like, you know, I think a lot of like, I've seen kids before, you know, I've been coaching for a long time or like their parents are like, oh my gosh, I wish I had this when I was a kid. This is great, come do it. And they, for whatever reason, it just doesn't jive with them. If you never like get over the edge where it's like, oh, I'm choosing this stress, you know, like, I don't know. I, I, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but no. do you, I mean, do you see what I'm saying there? Oh, absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. Kind of, kind of reframing it, reminding yourself that, yeah, you're going to be pushing your body and your body's going to get better and get stronger from, but this is something that is also something I enjoy to do and yeah. it's fun. And, um, it's, it's kind of an escape and a chance to get away and, and there's benefits and rewards that come from it. And, you know, so, you know, I really hope that that we can kind of always keep it in that, that part of our life that something we enjoy to do and is fun and we're getting all these benefits from it. It is stressing our body, 
but we're choosing it and it's making us happier and it's kind of something we can look, look forward to at the end of the day and so forth. Um, really quick, I want to throw out, I do think there's a maturity component to this too because we're talking, I think we have a mixed audience here. We're talking to a lot of parents, but then we're talking to a lot of younger kids too. I think that like when I was a kid, I wanted to eat candy and sit around and play video games. And, and as I get older, I realize like, oh, you know what? I kind of, and like, like, if, like I hated thinking about hard questions in school. I want everything to be easy and sweet, right? But I think as you get older, like you start to appreciate like, oh, you know what? Exercise is hard and it sucks, but it makes me feel good. Or like this food that I would have hated as a kid because it's really flavorful and kind of weird and challenging, I love, right? That like you get older and suddenly you like curry and exercising and reading books that make you ask hard questions. You know, that like I caught myself listening to a book the other day. I'm like, when I was seven or eight years old, like this would have been hilariously boring and I wouldn't have tolerated it for a second. Right. Yeah. So I do think that like, if you're listening to this, maybe in your kid, just like you can't get them to enjoy cycling or whatever. Like it, it might maybe, you know, revisit it when they're 15 and not 12, you know, like don't lose hope. I do think that a lot of voluntary stress and maybe a lot of kind of challenging flavors in life become more appealing as you get older. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, Really, you just kind of have to reframe stress a lot of times because think about the opposite of being stressed, like being bored, <laughs> being bored. Well, I mean, what would happen if all of a sudden I gave you all the money you could ever want? You didn't have to work anymore. And I told you, you know what? From now on, I just want you laying in bed all day, every day. Like what would first of all, what would happen to your body? If I actually, like, let's say like, someone who doesn't have cycling in their life, right? No, like no. Or just, are you saying for me specifically? For you, yeah. Just okay. like like, like anyone. What if they okay. just, like, stayed in bed all day, every day? Their needs are always going to be met. There's no challenge. Yeah, what would happen to them? They'd get... You'd, you, I think you'd become really unhealthy and really unhappily and, and really, really unhappy and really, really, really quickly. And really, yeah. And that's kind of a, an example of, like, what would happen to someone if we had no stress whatsoever. Right. Like, stress is absolutely necessary to make us grow mm -hmm. and to make us healthier. And But the whole thing is, is that stress needs to be, like, kept within a limit. Because once it starts getting too high or too excessive or too chronic, rather than make it grow it actually has the opposite effect and starts yeah. making us weaker. And right now we're talking about life and we're talking about training. You know, there, it's, right. it's really the same thing, you know. And so <clears throat> in our life and in our training, we really just need to make sure that, like, that, A, the, the amount of stress that's being placed upon us is manageable where possible. And, B, that we're we're balancing it with sufficient rest that we'll be able to manage it and handle it. Cause, cause we can handle stress as long as we occasionally get rest from it, you know, but if, if we're constantly being stressed and stressed and stressed without ever being, you know, without ever giving the rest, that stress is no longer beneficial and it's, detrimental it doesn't even feel good like so like i like i've been i've been i had a cold for the past couple of days right and so yesterday was like a saturday right and i um didn't do almost anything right and you spend a lot of time usually like i've just been on sitting on which i need to do right because i'm sick and i want to get better as fast as possible and i'm like i've watched a movie and i've been staring at my phone forever and it doesn't feel good but like if you know go back like a, it was a month month and a half ago cyclocross state champs you know just a few saturdays ago really I was so, so stressed going into it. I did the race and it hurt and it was painful 
And but I finished, and then I went home, and I sat on the couch and watched a movie, and that felt amazing, right? Like you go do a long hot ride up in Park City with the Pink Boys, and you get your butt kicked for four or five hours. Going home and that rest feels so good. But I think a lot of people, it's like you're resting, you just haven't done anything, and it doesn't feel good. It kind of feels like icky almost, you know. And you get that weird headache when you've been like looking at your phone forever and you're bored and nothing's going on. Um, so I think, but then like to go back to your hypothetical, you gave me a million dollars. I feel really blessed that I have cycling in my life. Cause if you gave me a million dollars, I truly think I'd be happy because I can choose all the voluntary stress I want from cycling. Because if you gave me a million, well, I guess not a million, a million dollars, not what it used to be. That's, you know, I have to be five these days, right? Give me $5 million. Just like, I don't have to worry about money for the rest of my life. I could quit my job. I'd want to go and like try to get to the world cup or like try to get a record time and point to point. I could, I, I could choose all this stress. And I really do think that I'd be, I'd be happy. But I think someone who doesn't have like the blessing but of cycling in their I life don't might know not. That, I don't know that that's true. I don't know that it is either. And, and I don't want to, cause that's never going to ever happen. So I wouldn't even think about it, but I look um, for puddles at Walmart but, all the time, Dan, <laughs> but like, as we experience stress throughout the day, I think we need to reframe that realizing that, okay, you know what? This sucks. I'm stressed, but I can deal with it. I'm going to be taking a break soon and I'm getting stronger because I'm doing this. Right. You know, and cause we can't choose our stress. I mean, that's, that's kind of silly to think that you could control totally choose your stress. But one thing I do kind of want to point out is that, um, that our sport we doesn't have to be a negative stress. No, that's something I think if you're that, doing it right. It isn't. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if it is, you're probably doing something wrong. Yeah. You know? Um, so, so yeah, just to kind of, just to kind of wrap things up a little bit, the kind of the point that I've been trying to get to with this is like, is don't be afraid of a little bit of stress. Don't be afraid of working hard. Don't be afraid of training uncomfortably. But just know that for that to have any benefit whatsoever, you have to be getting adequate rest. And that's, that's kind of the first thing. The second thing is, is, is manage your stress because stress plus more stress plus more stress doesn't equal getting stronger. There's got to be, there's got to be the rest. Um, rest plus rest doesn't make you stronger either. You've got to you know, you've got to have adequate stress in your life and in your training and so forth to, to, to make you stronger. But, um, but ultimately, I mean, ultimately this, what we're doing, you know, if, it, if it's not bringing you joy, you know, let's, let's fix it. You know, I mean, let's get, you know, maybe you have to kind of fix the, the amount of stress side of the equation or increase the amount of rest side of the equation. Something might be off. Something might need to be reframed, thought about differently, put into a different perspective. But I mean, if we can, like our bodies like to operate in a healthy balance, you know, like more of something isn't always better. Less of something isn't always better. It's just finding the right balance that you have to be in. And, you know, if we can do that well, this will be more sustainable. Because like, like we say all the time, our goal isn't to have like high school superstars that just fizzle out and you never hear from them again. You know, we want, we want this to be a lifelong, healthy activity with a healthy lifestyle that 
should make you a happier, healthier, better person. Yeah. That's the goal, right? And I, I, I really mean, I really think that, like, I, I, I think this sport has taught me so many good, th- I think it teaches you to wait for good things, that good things take work, you know, that, like, like I said, like, like having a relationship is challenging, and it would be easier not to, but it would always be easier not to ride your bike. And I ride my bike every day, and I don't do it because I'm like, I am this great, enlightened person. I do it because it makes sense. Because, like, I, I, the stress balance in my life is still off, but it's closer, you know? I remember being a kid and just having no stress in the world and being really, really miserable. And then there have also been other times in my life where I've just had incredible amounts of uncontrollable stress, and that sucks too, you know? And I really think that what I'm working for, I think what everyone's working for, you know, like when people talk about they want to retire and do this or this, they're talking about stress balance in their life. The point where you don't have to worry about money all the time and you can do the things that you love that stress you out in the right way, you know? But those people aren't always as happy as they think they're going to be. So I don't know. When you, when you face challenges, you know, when you face your challenges, just realize that that's it's not such a bad thing, you know, that, they, that, that we have to be stressed to, to get better and stronger and don't go too far out of your way to just live a life with no stress whatsoever because you, it won't suck. make you stronger i know that's no life you know so all right well i don't know if we uh i, I don't know you having trouble climbing off the ladder again dan i don't know if i ever got up on one really uh, i don't know you're you're at least up a rung or two i think okay. um uh but yeah uh i i thought this was interesting if if this is uh, if there's you know i will throw out if anybody ever reads an interesting thing or wants to hear our thoughts on something like I know I always say, like, send us your ideas. I really mean it. You know, I mean, I don't want to say that we're out of material. Um, but I, I think that, like, Dan... But we will start that, repeating material here. Well, and, and that's what we do, right? Like, how many episodes have we done that we're like, we've talked about this before, but we're going to maybe talk about our updated thoughts on it or something. Um, if there's anything you guys want us to explore, if there's anything that would be, be uh, beneficial, and if there's any questions that you guys have about the upcoming season, let us know. As a reminder, we need more sponsors. We need more writers, you know put that out into the universe and hope that goes somewhere and uh, in the meantime uh everybody be safe probably can't get out and ride this week looking up and come to running group snow. though come to running group um you know uh, uh everyone be safe stay healthy don't get sick and we will talk to you a week from today